0: Welcome to the Well Community Jokes. Have you ever seen a mountain? And I'm not just talking about the Hamilton Mountain, I'm talking about a mountain. In November 2008, my buddy Scott came out to visit me while I was studying out in BC, and he had never been out west before, and he had always wanted to see the mountains. Now, he's also a videographer and photographer, so he was excited to get some shots and to be able to just witness uh, the beauty of the Rockies. Now, one thing you have to understand, though, about Vancouver, which most of you are aware, I'm sure, is that sometimes it can rain, and it can rain for long stretches of time, and especially in the winter months. So Scott came out in November, And that year there were 162 days of rain out of 365 days of the year. That's 44% of the year. And the day Scott landed, his plane arrived, the clouds came over and it was a low ceiling. It was dark gray. The visibility was next to nothing. And he was depressed. Uh, Needless to say, he couldn't see anything. And I kept trying to kind of explain to him like right over there is, is Mount Baker and Washington, and right over here is this mountain range, and but he couldn't see it for himself, and it was frustrating. And then one day, as we were driving up in Whistler. The clouds decided to part. The blue skies started to break through. And I still remember Scott just kind of like losing his mind because all of the sudden the clouds were parting and he could see the Rockies and we were in the Rockies. And and he's freaking out and we pull over to the side of the road and he hops up on my car. I don't know why he thinks that would help getting up closer. He's standing on my sweet ride, a 1985 Mazda 626. And he's just like, this is unbelievable believable and for someone who had never seen the rockies to suddenly have the clouds part and the mountains on full display right in front of you it truly is awe-inspiring and breathtaking he's pulled out the camera snap snap, snap, snap just started taking pictures until they closed back over but he finally saw the mountains now, it's not just Scott who didn't see the mountains though. I've shared this example before, but my wife, Amanda, she grew up in BC. BC and as a kid, she, she grew up surrounded by the mountains and she could see them anytime, but they just became part of the scenery to her. And it wasn't until I actually came out to BC and I'm like, can you see the mountains? Have you seen this? Have you seen that? And I'm sending her pictures that then she began seeing the mountains. And I say this because sometimes we can be so lost in our heads or distracted by the busyness, the stresses of life, that sometimes we simply can't see what's right in front of us. And whether you're like Amanda, who just simply hadn't taken the time to slow down and notice what was right in front of her, or whether you're more like Scott and the fog just hasn't lifted yet, that allows you to see what's right in front of you. I have something exciting to share with you tonight. And it's this, that you have the power to bring new life to where you are. You have the power to bring new life to where you are. But it requires us to recognize, to to see, to truly see the areas in our life where Jesus is at work and where he's leading you right now. And I believe that when you see the power and the possibilities that are right in front of you, you too, like Scott, will be awestruck as you embark on the most thrilling adventure of a lifetime. So if you have your Bibles, Uh, We're continuing our series through the book of Acts in our series right now, Unstoppable, The Church Unleashed. And we're picking up right where we left off last week in Acts chapter 9, starting in verses 32 to 43. And I'll be honest, this passage is one that I've never preached before. Um, It's one that if we were doing a topical study or an overview of Acts, I probably wouldn't have even focused too much on. I could have just skipped right over it. But what I've loved about going through the book of Acts, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, is that my eyes have been opened to what's right in front of me as well, to the power of Jesus at work in and through these first believers, and even in the stories that don't get too much airtime. So I'm excited for, for, I guess, where God has opened my eyes this week to the power in the text. So Acts chapter nine, verses 32 to 43. Meanwhile, Peter traveled from place to place, and he came down to visit the believers in the town of Lydda. There he met a man named Aeneas, who had been paralyzed and bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your sleeping mat. And he was healed instantly. Then the whole population of Lydda and Sharon saw Aeneas walking around, and they turned to the Lord. There is a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. About this time, she became ill and died. Her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room. But the believers had heard that Peter was nearby at Lydda. So they sent two men to beg him, please come as soon as possible. So Peter returned with them. And as soon as he arrived, they took him to the upstairs room. The room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing him the coats and other clothes Dorcas had made for them. But Peter asked them all to leave the room. Then he knelt and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then he called in the widows and all the believers, and he presented her to them alive. The news spread through the whole town, and many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed a long time in Joppa, living with Simon, a tanner of hides. So we have a pretty remarkable story in the text here with some pretty remarkable healings. But like I've said before in this series throughout Acts, let's not get sidetracked in the questions that often surround, like, how did this happen? But instead, let us lean into the deeper truths of what's happening here and that have the power to wake us up and transform us and create new life. If you haven't noticed already, throughout the book of Acts, Luke, the author of the book, is making us very aware of geography and movement. These events are happening within very specific places and people groups, and there's this sense of forward movement and expanding movement and progress. And right from the very beginning, he records Jesus telling his disciples that they will go out and spread the good news from Jerusalem to to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So last week we had Saul in Damascus, who then took a three-year retreat to Arabia and then came back to Jerusalem and then went back to his hometown of Tarsus. And here we have Peter traveling from place to place, including Lydda and Joppa. So if Luke is finally attuned to the geography and the movement, then we too should take note of what's happening in geography and movement as well. Because what kept jumping out at me this week as I poured over these verses is that you have the power to bring new life to where you are. But it requires you to recognize the areas that are in your life right now where Jesus is at work and where he is leading you and moving you right now. And I believe that as you begin to see these possibilities, that this creates, that we do have the power to create new life, to bring new life with us into all these areas where God has placed us, it is going to do something inside of you. I don't know about you, but that excites me. That I can bring the life that Jesus offers with me wherever I go. And even into the darkest places, I can bring life, I can speak life. So I want us to explore this story, and my my prayer is that it will open our eyes to recognize the areas in our lives where God is at work, both personally and collectively. So the first area that I want us to look at are the places. So picture your life for a minute, and let's start with the places that you inhabit. Picture the physical places you inhabit, where you live, where you play, where you work, where you run errands, where you go to get away from it all, where you vacation, where you exercise, walk, explore, eat. Where is God at work in the places you inhabit? And where is he inviting you to bring new life, to speak life? And what I mean by bringing new life and speaking life is I mean this, I mean bringing and speaking Jesus pointing people to Jesus because Jesus is the word made flesh. He was with God at the beginning as God spoke everything into being as Abraham Heschel uh, once said, words create worlds and Jesus is the word of God. He, and he's given us his helper, his spirit, full of resurrection power in order to bring new life that he and he alone offers to us and to others. So that's what I mean when I say speaking life and, and bringing life is bringing the life that Jesus offers to all of these areas where God has placed us. You see, as Peter goes from place to place, he comes to a place where God has led him. It's not just happenstance. And he meets Aeneas. And in verse 34, he says, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Jesus Christ heals you. The gospel reminds us that it's not about us. It's not about what we can do, what I can do. It, it's about Jesus working in and through us that we get to bring new places and we get to bring new life into the places that we inhibit. And I love how the message puts it in verse 35. It says, everybody who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw Aeneas walking around and woke up to the light to and woke up to the fact that God was alive and active among them. You see, as you wake up to where God is at work in your life, and you begin sharing and bringing new life to the places where God has placed you, others will begin waking up to the aliveness and the activity of God among them. We see this in the next story of Tabitha Dorcas, who has died, and we see in verse 38 that the believers had heard that Peter was nearby. The word was spreading from place to place. So, what are the areas in your life where you see God at work, where you see him alive and active, where he's leading you, or maybe where he's, he's pushing you and nudging you to go. And now let's include and look at the people God has placed in your life. People such as family, friends, spouse, partner, lover, kids, stepkids, siblings, or we can broaden the circle to include neighbors, coworkers, acquaintances. Can you see them? Can Can you picture these people? You see, this is the heart of the gospel, reaching people with the good news of Jesus. Place is important, but people is at the heart of the gospel. Although Peter's traveling from place to place, what's driving him is his love for people. In verse 32, it says he traveled. Why? To visit. Who? People. Said that he was going to visit the believers to encourage them, to strengthen them, to continue to share the good news of Jesus. So as he goes from place to place, he continues to encounter people. And what does he do? He brings life. He speaks speaks life. He points people to Jesus. He connects people with Jesus. He heals people in Jesus' name. Theologian N.T. Wright says, these healings are signs of hope, bringing people to faith. And I love that because sometimes we get so bogged down into, well, why did he heal some people and not other people? And how did he do this? and And we can just get so sidetracked that we actually miss the power that this text and that Jesus has to wake us up, to transform us, to create new life in us and to create new life in those around us. There remains mysteries much like there are to all healings, but Luke doesn't try to give us those answers. The text isn't trying to give us the answers to why miracles. Instead, what we see is that the power of God was powerfully working through Peter, but Peter knew that above all, we are to love each other. We are to love people. You see, love enables us to be present to others. Dietrich Bonhoeffer has a great quote from his book, Life Together, and he says this, "'The church is only the church when it exists for others. Isn't that amazing? People have to be our driving focus. People. So let me ask this Who has God placed in your life? We've looked at the places, but who has God placed in your life? And who is God nudging you to bring life to, to speak life to? Because as followers of Jesus, we have the same spirit that overcame death, living in us. We have resurrection power. We have the ability and the power to bring life to where God has placed us. But there's one last area that I want us to explore, and that's our future. Corey Ten Boom says, "Never be afraid to trust." an unknown future to a known God. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Because you see, if we truly believe that God has placed us right where we are, that he will lead us to where we need to be, and that he's at work in our life and in the lives of the people around us, then welcome to the most thrilling thing you will ever do. Welcome to your life. It's about trusting and paying attention and attuning ourselves to the voice and the movement of the spirit. And now, it's not just as you sit quietly. I want you to see and feel and notice and enjoy your life as you go, as you work, as you answer email, as you're stuck in traffic, as you find your way, as you throw yourself into it, surrendering the outcomes. As you risk and learn and grow in this sacred gift that is your life. You see, Jesus has given you life and Jesus offers us life. And life to the full. Life that's indescribable. Right here, right now. And because of the new life that he offers us, that you and I then we also have the power like Peter to bring new life to where we are because we are new creations. We have the spirit of God within us. And he's saying, go, be my disciples, go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Can you see the mountains? Has the fog been lifted? Have you been able to slow down enough and see it? If not, sit with that for a while. Your life has infinite depth and dimension and meaning and significance, but it requires us to slow down. It requires us to stress less, to pay attention, to get our heads up from our phone and the mindless social media scroll and text messages and emails. I want to make sure your eyes are wide open, that you're paying attention, that you're fully awake to the miracle that is you, that is your life, and that Jesus offers. Just as Peter traveled from place to place and encountered people and spoke life and literally brought people back to life, you too have the power to bring new life to where you are because of Jesus do you recognize the areas the places the people in your life where Jesus is at work and where he is leading you and moving you right now so what do we do all of this because it's one thing to get stirred up and and kind of have our eyes open to wow, this is incredible. Like Peter's bringing Jesus to people and, and we're witnessing miracles and I have that same power and I can bring Jesus to people and see new life and transformation. But, but it's, it's one thing to read and have our eyes opened up to, but what do we do with that now? Well, let me offer you a few suggestions. First of all, go for a walk with a friend or two. Invite a neighbor to come along and just walk through your neighborhood. And as you walk together, share what you see and what you hope for. The community that our church is in, Binbrook, is rapidly growing and changing. There's so much to see. But that's what I love also talking about. What what are your hopes for Binbrook? Talk about your hopes and your dreams and what you would love to see take shape. And then secondly, practice gratitude. Celebrate and praise God for where he's placed you and for who he's placed in your life. Practice gratitude for the things that are that are working in your community, like gardens and schools and neighbors sharing resources and demonstrations of kindness and practices of hospitality and so on. And then third, listen to the spirit. As you attune yourself to your neighborhood, and the places and the people that God's brought into your life, listen to the voice of the Spirit. Listen for the voice of Jesus, and ask Him where He wants you to bring life, and where He wants you to speak life. In and through Jesus, you have the power to bring life to where you are. So may you do it with boldness, with confidence, and with an ever-deepening love for Jesus and others. That's what Jesus opened my eyes to this week. That as we travel from place to place, as we encounter people, we have the power to bring life, to bring Jesus. If you'll pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gift of life, for the gift of your Son who gives us eternal life. But that's not some far-off, distant future. That begins right here and right now. Just as Jesus declared, I've come to bring life and life to the full. God, I pray that we will experience that in our lives starting tonight. And God, may you lift the fog. May you help us slow down to... To truly see where you're at work in our lives, the places in our lives that we go to, and the people that we encounter in each of those places. God, encourage us and give us the confidence and boldness to speak life. God, we are in a divisive world, a hurting world, and a hopeless world many times. But God, I pray. That as followers of your son, Jesus, that we bring light, that we bring life, that we bring love into these situations. God, help us to make Jesus known so that lives and communities will be transformed. And for anyone listening or watching this tonight who doesn't have a relationship with you yet and they're just yearning for life, may they reach out to you now and just say, God, I believe you. God, I accept your son Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. I want this life that you offer, this new life filled with resurrection power. And God, may they experience your presence with them immediately. Fill us with your spirit and continue to embolden us to be the church throughout the week ahead. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for gathering together with us online where we can still meet, be encouraged, spur one another on. Uh, Don't forget to continue to make Jesus known. Continue to speak life to your family, your friends, your neighbors you can bring life to where you are. Uh, Continue to join us on Saturdays, 5 p.m. The next two weeks, we're gonna have Dawn back finishing our series on the Bible, more than a book. And I'm so excited and thankful for uh, just how much he's put into that uh, if you or somebody you know wants more information about um, just how to follow Jesus how to begin a relationship with him following him in the next steps of baptism um, or anything reach out to us hello at the wellbinbrook.com uh, our numbers on the website the as well exciting things are happening in our midst in our community God is at work God is being made known. And hopefully we'll see you at some picnics in the park and online for our kids' church and uh, story time. Have a great week and may the grace and peace of Jesus be with you. Amen.